Mac Power Users, Episode 513, Catalyst Apps on the Mac with John Voorhees. Welcome to another episode of the Mac Power Users. I am David Sparks, joined by my fellow co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm good, David. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, we're talking today about Catalina and specifically Catalyst apps. Uh, so we thought we'd have the Internet's uh, favorite Catalyst expert on the show, John Voorhees. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I guess I'm the favorite and maybe the only. I don't know. But, but <laughs> I, I appreciate the introduction. It's great to be here. Well, you really took the bull by the horns over at Mac Stories when uh, Apple released this this concept of, hey, let's get iPad apps over on the Mac. And and honestly, I was more optimistic about it when it started than we've had up until now. But we're going to talk about that during the show. But there has been a steady diet of new apps coming out that are uh, built around Catalyst. And since you've spent so much time covering it, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of your wisdom. Sure thing. Before we get started, go ahead and sign up for that MPU newsletter. If you haven't already, we'll put a link in the show notes. Lots of people are liking that. You get all of the uh, links from the episode and the information on the episode comes out the same day as the episode. So it's kind of nice having that in your inbox. John, I mentioned briefly you're working over at Mac Stories, but you do um, you do a lot of things over at Mac Stories. Yeah, I've got a few different roles over there. I mean, obviously, I'm writing day in and day out with Federico and Ryan. Uh, I also do a podcast with Federico called App Stories. So one of the things we've done a couple of times now is talk about Catalysts, uh, Catalyst apps on that show. Um, and, you know, we we run Club Mac Stories, which is our membership program, a subscription a subscription service for people who want even more of the stuff we do. So, yep, I keep myself busy with all those things. John also is a, a rescue person. So when we were all at MacStock together this summer and my <laughs> flight on the way home got canceled after it got delayed, like delayed, delayed, delayed. And so I had to call John, be like, hey, uh, I don't have any clothes or anything. So the suitcase is gone, but I'm still in Chicago. Can I stay with you a night? And you were very <laughs> gracious to host me uh, for extra night in your home. And uh, so, you know, I'm not saying that anyone who gets stuck in Chicago, you would rescue, but you rescued me and it meant a lot. Well, it was it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit our house is kind of a Relay FM halfway house in that sense. You, know, you, get, <laughs> you get stuck in Chicago. You know, you don't know where to go. You're on the street. You can you can stop by my house. That's yeah, fine. That's fair. <laughs> well, that's that's good to know. I, I seem to get to Chicago a lot, so I'll, I'll definitely All right. show up one day with my luggage. <laughs> this sounds good. Maybe you'll be next, David. <laughs> but, you know, we talked about Catalyst when we did the Catalina show. And first of all, why on earth did they name it Catalyst the same year they're releasing an operating system called Catalina? Why did they do that to us, guys? It's really hard. I know that when I wrote my Catalina review on Mac Stories, I wrote, Catalyst and Catalina interchangeably mm -hmm. so many times, and I was sure there was going to be a mistake in the final draft. But uh, yeah, it's it's very hard to keep the two straight. Apple did; uh, they, they've sort of shifted their language. They call it Mac Catalyst now, and I wonder if it's right. because of this confusion. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that being the case because it is a little hard to keep them straight in your head. But uh, Catalina is the operating system, and Catalyst is the technology, I guess. And what does the technology do for the folks that, that aren't up on this? Yeah, so 
you know, Mac apps are built with something called AppKit, which is a set of frameworks for building Mac apps. And when iOS debuted 11 years ago now, it was based at its core on OS 10, now Mac OS. And but but over the year the years, those things grew apart. And you know, iOS is UI kit, and that's how you build those apps. And so what Catalyst is designed to do, it's to bring these two things back together to some degree. So you can take UI kit apps that are built on the iPad and bring them over the Mac. So that it's simplest uh, top level viewpoint. That's exactly what it is. You have an iPad app, you can bring it over to the Mac. Now, you know, it was interesting when this was debuted at WWC in June. If you just sat through the keynote, you might be under the impression that all you had to do was check a box. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you check a box and you've got a Mac app. It's really not that simple. And I guess, you know, to Apple's credit in the, in the developer uh, keynotes later in the sessions, it was explained that, yeah, it'll run, but it's not necessarily going to look like the best Mac app ever. You've got to actually do some things to make it more desktop compatible. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I think may have come as a bit of a surprise over the summer to a lot of people is that it's not, this is not just an iPad app dropped onto your Mac. You can do that, and there were some apps at launch that were a little like that, but to really have a good app on the Mac that's coming over from the iPad, you have to do a lot more work. And as I understand it, the challenge for developers isn't the underlying program logic, like doing the math and programming 2 plus 2 equals 4. You're going to have virtually the same code on an iPad and a Mac app, but the difference is that user interface, that UI. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And the point of Catalyst, boy, I almost did it. The point of Catalyst is to simplify the process of getting the user interface from iPad, something that's iPad friendly to something that's Mac friendly, but you're right. I mean, like one of the prime examples was in Apple's own apps that they shipped a year ago. The date picker was that same stupid date picker used on an iPhone where you scroll the dates with your finger, which makes total sense on a device you use your finger for an input and no sense at all on a device that uses a keyboard and mouse for input. Right, exactly. And unfortunately, that's still the case. I mean, that date picker is still there, even with Catalina out. And that's, you know, that's, you know, when we talk a little bit more, I guess, later in the show about some of the issues and problems, that's right there, because that is not a UI that works particularly well on, on the Mac. And what that means, though, is that if an iOS developer wants to bring over an app with a date picker in it, they really have two choices, they can use that, uh, that iOS style, you know, Tumblr date picker UI, or they can build it from scratch. And I know James Thompson, when he made his Dice app, which is on iOS, and he brought that over to the Mac, he re-implemented some, not date pickers, but other type of, you know, option picker type of UI that is standard on the Mac, but he didn't have it accessible to him in Catalyst. So he had to, he had to kind of build that from scratch, which is not ideal, especially when the whole idea, you know, the part of the point of Catalyst is to make this easier to bring these apps over to the Mac because there are a lot of powerful iPad apps that exist that weren't being brought over to the Mac, in part because, I mean, you got to look at this, I think, from a, a historical context. 
there are so many more iOS developers now, both on the iPhone and the iPad, than there are Mac developers, that you're most likely to find a developer that knows how to do iOS, but not the Mac. And it didn't always make economic sense, strategic sense, other things to bring an app over to the Mac. And as a result, you know, it just wasn't happening. And so the point of Catalyst, in part, is to make that whole process easier to kind of jumpstart bringing more apps onto the Mac. You can see how Apple got to that decision, right? You mentioned this huge library of iOS apps, but on the Mac side, it feels like the the number of new applications or applications that are really having a lot of investment made in them, it, it may be slowing down. We we still have the big players from Apple, Adobe, Microsoft, and there's still some good independent Mac apps. But three or four years ago, it was pretty bleak. I mean, just I just think about my cover or my reading of your coverage at Mac Stories. Uh, for every, you know, five, six, 10, 12, 15 iOS apps y'all cover, maybe there was one new Mac app. And I'm sure Apple right. saw that going on in the ecosystem and wanted to really make sure that the the Mac software ecosystem could remain vibrant and energetic and and not just be completely left in the dust by the iPhone and iPad. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. And it's kind of a topic that's hard to talk to a lot of Mac users about because I think a lot of people have apps that they've used for a long time that work really well for them. I mean, I know I'm that way. I've been using the same set of apps on my Mac for a long time. And so if you look at it just from your own, you know, local perspective on, on an app and the apps you use, you may not see a problem, but you know, at Mac stories, we spend every day of the week looking at the app store both on iOS and the Mac. And people will ask us, you know, why don't you cover the Mac more? And it's because there's just not as much. There's there's fewer apps. There's less diversity in categories. Um, there's less innovation. There's less new stuff. It's just not as much there. That's not to say that the Mac is in crisis or that there aren't good apps on the Mac in the first place. And this is why it's a hard conversation, I think, to have because, you know, there, there tends to be this thing, especially when you're talking about the iPad and the Mac, of people wanting to pick sides and feel as though one should win over the other or that, you know, by saying that the iPad's doing well, somehow the Mac's doing poorly. And it's kind of not about that. It's really about these two different ecosystems meeting in the middle And one thing that gets lost, I find, a lot in this conversation is that I think Catalyst is designed not just to help the Mac out, but also to help out the iPad. I mean, the iPad has taken a a long time to really get going and really become a professional tool. And there are apps on the Mac that would work really well on the iPad, and they're not there either. And by kind of tying these two platforms together, you're giving developers an incentive to build the underlying code that can work on both platforms and an easier way to implement the UIs that work on those two different devices, which are very different devices. And hopefully by doing that, not only do some of the iPad apps come over to the Mac, but there is a bigger pie for people who want to build a Mac app and also market it to people who use the iPad. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I see Catalyst going. Well, one of the things I like about the existence of Catalyst is it's a response to the argument that Apple doesn't care about the Mac anymore because right. this is a lot of work to put this together. And we were observing from the outside that we weren't getting a lot of innovation and, and progress with Mac software. 
Well, you know what? They were too. And this took years to develop. So this has been in the in process for some time. But they do have an answer. And they, they are trying to keep the Mac a viable, invigorated platform. Now, I guess the question is, have they succeeded? Yeah, that is that is a good question. And I got to say, when Catalina came out, I was a little disappointed because uh, there are a lot of factors at play here. But Catalyst was not... Uh, there weren't as many Catalyst apps as I had hoped to see at launch. And there are a bunch of things at play there. One is that, you know, iOS 12, we really had just a maintenance release. It was all about making it more performant, faster, fewer bugs. And so a lot of features got put off to 13. And then 13 was also a pretty buggy release through most of the summer. And so a lot of iOS developers who might bring an iPad app over to the Mac didn't do so over the summer. And that was in part because they had their hands full dealing with iOS 13, whether it was features or bugs or whatever. Um, So, you know, we didn't see a ton of apps come over initially. Apple also has not done really a great job with its first party apps. You know, two years ago now, we got stocks, voice voice memos, news, and home. And they all leave something to be desired. They have very non-standard UIs that don't. I'm going I'm to try to avoid saying Mac-like because I think Mac-like is a very loaded term. I think from a design standpoint, you know, there are designs that are appropriate for desktop and designs that are appropriate for touch, and they're not the same. Um, and when you bring things over from the iPad to the Mac, you have to deal with things like a pointer and, and like the calendar picker and things that we talked about already. And those apps, those initial apps from Apple, did not do a fantastic job of fitting well with the other apps on the Mac. Now, with Catalina, we saw two new ones. We saw Podcasts and Find My. And Find My is pretty basic, pretty simple app. So it's not a super great example. But, but Podcasts is very much like, for instance, the Music app, which is a native app kit app that was built on the Mac. And the problem, though, with Podcasts is that it's using some, some uh, private APIs. It's using things that are not available to third-party developers to make it fit in even better on the Mac. So, you know, you kind of combine those two things, that there aren't super great examples of system apps that can be used as examples by third-party developers. They had their hands full already dealing with bugs and other features in iOS 13. And then Apple has done a pretty poor job with documentation and sample code. There, there's been some improvements in that since Catalina came out, but it's still pretty sparse. And all of those things combined had kind of left Catalyst in a weird place, especially when you also consider, you know, we had all these other things come out at WWC this past year, including Swift UI, which is a whole other uh, technology for building UIs on all of Apple's platforms and is very much in its infancy. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk about that towards the end of the show about the future of all this because in a lot of ways catalyst is a short-term answer and swift ui is the long-term answer but the the word we've been hearing i know steven and i from talking to developers is that um because catalina has been buggier than normal that a lot of developers just put a pin in catalyst and said okay once catalina settles down then i will look at this whole catalyst thing Right. And I think that has delayed a lot of apps getting this transition. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And there, there are just certain things that aren't available in Catalyst that you can get in AppKit. I'm not familiar with all of them, but there's little things like, I know it's not it's not super easy to do tooltips, for instance. You don't have access to the camera. There are a lot of different things that aren't there that are pretty straightforward if you're a, a traditional Mac developer. Well, so it's been a little bit of a challenging launch for it. And... Um... Uh, but there are some apps that have that have delivered the goods already. Some of them uh, pretty well, and some of them pretty poorly. <laughs> the, uh, but I think it'd be important for us to kind of go through some of those. But but before we get into the details, what app, what types of apps do you think most make most sense for Catalyst? Yeah, so I, I think Apple was right when they introduced this. That it, the kind of apps that are best for Catalyst are if there's an iOS developer that has an iPad app and doesn't have a Mac app. That's a good, that's one good scenario. Another one is where there, a developer has a Mac app, but it has not been actively maintained. And that, you know, we saw a lot of that with iOS apps that moved over to the Mac. And then, you know, the developers had a hard time kind of balancing and juggling, updating one versus the other, because they're different enough that they were, couldn't really be done in tandem. And Catalyst is 